To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For you I will wait all the day long. Remember your mercy, O Lord, and your steadfast love, for they have been from old. Remember not the sins of my youth or my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, remember me for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in what is right, and he teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. For your name's sake, O Lord, pardon my guilt, for it is great. Who is the man who fears the Lord? Him will he instruct in the way that he should choose. His soul shall abide in well-being, and his offspring shall inherit the land. The friendship of the Lord is for those who fear him, and he makes known to them his covenant. My eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he will pluck my feet out of the net. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sins. Consider how many are my foes and with what violent hatred they hate me. Oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait for you. Redeem Israel, O God, out of all of his troubles. Psalm 25. Well, here we go, everybody. Welcome to For the Beauty and for the Glory. Uh, you have arrived at our first episode, uh, and we are ready to get it rolling. It's good to see you, babe. <laughs> Thanks. We've been together all evening. <laughs> we have been together all evening. We've been preparing for this, though, for some time, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really excited about this. I'm excited that we're going to get be able to sit down uh, and to talk about what it looks like to cultivate and build a godly home. Uh, Megan and I have been married uh, for 12 years now. I was talking this morning to someone, and I was trying to remember how long we've been married, and I was like, this is the first time in my marriage that I've actually had to stop and think about how long we've been married. So I think we've cov- cov- we've crossed some kind of threshold. We've been together for a little bit. <laughs> for a little bit. Uh And so we're happy to sit down and do this because a lot of the stuff that we're thinking through, working through ourselves, we want to be able to share with other people. So so one of the things that we don't want to do in this podcast is come across like we have got it all together because Mm -hmm. this is a learning podcast. We're learning and we're sharing what we're learning so that others can learn alongside of us and with us. Agree? Disagree? Agreed. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, this first episode, we're gonna we're gonna kind of talk uh, from from a what am I trying to say? So the biggest help you're gonna be on this podcast is, is I'm to gonna finish like, your sentences. <laughs> it's because I'm gonna lose words and I'm just gonna ask you and you're gonna know them. So that's are, why I'm here. <laughs> we're, we're gonna sound really smart. So it's gonna be great. Uh, well, 
but but first we just want to even before we talk about what we're going to talk about uh want to think about why we are even doing this podcast like what's it why is it needed um and i think for me the answer to that question the best answer i can think for that question is that I want us to make something that we haven't been able to find anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. We haven't come across a podcast or a teaching um, that really hits or ticks all the boxes that we feel like we need. Mm -hmm. So, first of all, we're unashamedly Baptist. Now, I know we're going to have folks who listen to our podcast that are not Baptist, that that are Presbyterian. Uh, or Anglican, or Catholic. You may have people that fall all over the spectrum. One of the things that you said on the um, that we were talking the other night on the intro video that you did that we did on Instagram was that you said that we're Baptist and it's not by accident. And I thought that that was that was funny, but also it's accurate because it seems yeah. like, especially where we live, that Baptists tend to be there can be Baptists who yeah. just are because that's where they grew up, or because it's very common in the South to be Baptist. Yeah. And not only are we Baptists, we're Baptists that love what we primarily or traditionally call the doctrines of grace, uh, meaning that we believe and love what the Bible teaches, particularly about how God saves, Mm -hmm. uh, that salvation belongs to the Lord, that it's all of Christ, uh, that it's all of grace, that it comes to us through faith alone and not through works um, and we read this from Scripture alone. We don't need fresh revelation or, or special insight or special knowledge that the Bible is simple and clear and, and gives us salvation or, or tells us of salvation. Uh, and all of this is to God's glory alone. And so that's even what this podcast is about. We want to glorify God in all that we say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so that would be the first thing is, is there are a lot of awesome, solid people that we like to listen to, that we like to read. Uh, but truth be told, the most of them are Presbyterians. Right. Uh, and in some ways, they have a corner market on mm-hmm. this idea of covenant family that we're going to talk about today. But we've come to see and come to believe from Scripture and from history that Baptists um, are, first of all, the, to use the title of the book that I love so much, Baptists are the most thorough reformers, mm-hmm. meaning that Baptists uh, in the time of the Reformation went the furthest in the, this, the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation. So that in one hand. But in another hand is that Baptists uh, also can stand upon deep scriptural truths throughout the Old New Testament without caving on their convictions, mm-hmm. uh, specifically regarding baptism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're going to kind of lay all that out a little bit later. But we haven't found a podcast that, that hits all of that stuff, but that's also on the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, so maybe it's helpful. To, let me ask you: What are some of the things that you're hoping to bring to the podcast as the wife and mother, as the matriarch of the family? Yeah, I hope I hope that I can bring some practical help and encouragement or insight that um, that the Lord has helped me to understand over the years. Um, now, I want we'll always be respectful of our children's privacy and the very specific things that happen in our household. But I think that there's room for us to be a bit open about, um, life together and for us to share, um, 
just practical ways to help cultivate a home and practical ways to build a home and to nurture children and to raise them and Mm -hmm. to um, invest in your marriage and, you know, the ways that we spend our days and our weekends and our, and now not everybody is going to do the same things that we do, but I hope that it will be a help to just get, to help people think through um, the choices that are best for their family and the ways that the Lord does lead. Right. Families. So even just talking about our failures and successes. Sure. Uh, and being like, well, here's what we've done. Right. Uh, and that's really, so kind of getting ahead a little bit of where we're, we're going to go talk about here in a second. But uh, even in the reason we've started the Patreon account, mm-hmm. uh, for people who can go and sign up, there's three levels, three different prices. Uh, all three levels, you get different things. Uh, the highest level, you get all of the things, basically obviously. Uh, but in all of those, anybody who subscribes, all three levels are going to be getting uh, weekly content from us, weekly helps from us. Everything from like, what does scripture teach about uh, how to teach your children about dealing with their anger, mm-hmm. all the way about down to like, how are we organizing our garden in the spring? Sure. So everything that we're doing within reason, we want to help uh Really, I mean, thinking about our own church, thinking about our friends here in the Roanoke Valley, but anybody who listens to this, what do we want more than anything else? We want to see Christian households built and cultivated. And flourish. And flourish. I mean, I yes. think that that's what, I think that's really my hope is that there would be a help to flourishing because I think that a lot of times, at least as I talk to other women or hear from other women, that... Um, that it's hard to grasp that like you can have a lot of children and you can educate them at home or whatever sphere your, your children are being educated and you, but you can flourish. Like there can yeah. actually be joy and there's certainly seasons of that are difficult and things that are hard, but, but there can be, um, much fruit and joy. And so here's the big question. Why is that so important right now? I got a couple answers to that question, and I'll tell you my answers, and I'll let you... <laughs> so you're going to make me go first. <laughs> no, no, let me tell you. Oh. I'll tell you the, my answers to my own question. Okay, you go. And then I'll see what you have to say about okay. it. Okay. Number one, why do we need awesome, solid, biblical Christian homes mm. now? Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, oh man, I forgot the first reason. Okay, let me give you the second reason. See if it sparks the first. This is where you're going to be really helped. Uh, is... <laughs> Is because of the world around us. Yeah. Is, oh yeah, I remember the first one now. Okay, well, let's go with this. Let's go with the second one first anyway. Uh, <laughs> the world, the world is a dark place. And, and, and for a, a lot of us, it's not going to be getting any brighter anytime soon. In the sense that we are living in a time where the luxuries of the Western culture, the surplus and the bounty of America... Uh, because of the direction our culture has taken, because of caving on really moral issues, uh, the goodness that we, our parents, our grandparents, great-grandparents experienced, well, not your great-grandparents, but mine. Uh, you're new around here. Uh, My grandparents are from Norway. <laughs> yeah, there, that's right. So all of that's going away. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I don't think things are going to get better in the end or get better down the road. But today, and over the, I think over the lifetime of our children and grandchildren, things are going to the, the bounty that we enjoyed is going to continue to decline. 
I mean, how many of uh, people our age look back at the 90s and like, God, please go back to the 90s. It was so good. There were problems back then, but it's like, it was 10 times better than what we're experiencing right now as far as freedom and, and, and common interest and a common agreement about moral issues. Mm-hmm. Um, all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. So that world is coming to an end. So as Christians, we need to be ready to stand in that, in in those waves. Yeah. We need to be ready to provide for ourselves, to work for ourselves, to help one another, to have one another's back, to cultivate Christian homes that are productive when the world around you no longer is. And equipping our children for the world that they right. will live in. Right. Exactly. Or do live in. Now, piggybacking off of that, not only is our world, I think, losing uh, material blessing, Mm -hmm. Christians in particular are losing social blessing. Mm -hmm. So not only are Christians tolerated, or not only do we no longer have social capital for being a Christian, now we're hated. Mm -hmm. We're disdained, we're looked down upon, we are turned against more and more. So how do we help our kids in that? How do we have homes that are strong mm-hmm. when the world is just throwing rocks at our houses? Mm-hmm. Agree? Disagree? Oh, I totally agree. Yeah? Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just I just think about the parable of what are you building your house on, right? Like, are you mm-hmm. building your house on sinking sand or on, on the rock? Mm-hmm. And what does that actually mean? Like, so the parable is that you build your house on Christ, right? Yeah. And you don't... But what does that mean? Like, what does that look like? What does that, how do you do that? I don't think that that means you go to church once a week only. Yeah. Like there are. That's your Christianity, your your faith is there. Yeah. Like, I just think that it, it must flush itself out in practical, many, many, many practical ways. Yeah. And so this podcast particularly is focusing on the practical ways within the home, within the household. Mm -hmm. What we want to talk about is cultivating and building and growing what we're calling a covenant home, a covenant household. Mm -hmm. And so in this episode in particular, we want to lay out what we mean by that. The thing that I hate is when I'm reading somewhere, listening to someone, and they do not define their terms. Yeah. Because if you don't define what you mean clearly and directly, people will start making assumptions and then you get so much wonky theology just because people didn't understand what you exactly meant. And so we want to spend this first episode just talking about what do we mean when we talk about a covenant family. Uh, This past Saturday, we have our seminars once a month where currently we're teaching through the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith. This past Saturday, we taught on chapter 7 of God's covenant, uh, and we talked about how the London Baptist Confession uh, has three paragraphs, and, and they all deal with these three different covenants, uh, the covenant of works that was uh, between God and Adam before sin entered the world, before Adam and Eve fall, uh, and then we have the, the covenant of, of grace that begins to be talked about there. Uh, and, and, it, and it first forms between the Father and the Son and the eternal covenant that they've made to redeem a people, and that, that Christ has made a covenant with the Father that he will purchase a people. And then we talk about the covenant of grace to us, mm-hmm. the people who receive the fruit of the work of God the Father, Son, and the Spirit. Uh, 
And so when we talk about having a covenant family, mm-hmm. that idea of covenant theology and what is a covenant, uh, we're trying to bring that to bear on the family. Sure. So if I start getting into it, and I'm not clear, you're here to be like, what in the world do you mean by that? Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> so, so, so we t- ask, what is a covenant? At its base level, it, it's it's a bond. It's a, it's a bond, an agreement. What, mm-hmm. what did we say? What did what I say? T- what did what did TJ say? I feel like he used a word that was very very helpful. Um, it's it's a bond that is established. Established is what he said. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, and it is sovereignly administered, mm-hmm. meaning that in covenants there is a head, and there is uh, the recipient of the covenant; those who are called to obedience within that covenant. Um, and so, that kind of lays the groundwork then for how do we see covenants working in the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the covenants that we have? Well, we have the little covenants that all build into the big covenant of grace, right? So, so as uh, Reformed Baptists, we would hold as as the Westminster Confession holds that that from the promise in Genesis three fifteen yeah. until Christ's death, mm-hmm. it is a covenant of grace that is all building. It is a progressive re- revelation of a covenant of grace that culminates mm-hmm. finally and fully in the new covenant. And so the covenant with Adam, the covenant with Noah, the covenant with Abraham, the covenant with Moses, covenant with David, and the foretelling of the new covenant in the prophets is all looking forward and adding new layers to what Christ is going to come and do. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's a covenant. Yes. Yes, okay. One of the interesting questions that you asked at the seminar it was about marriage. Yeah. And every covenant is sealed with blood. With blood. So and we so. can talk about that maybe next time we talk about what marriage is. Uh but but it's it's this interesting thing where I think most Christians see that when you when you step back and look at the Bible you say this is what the Bible says mm-hmm. you see all these covenants in the Bible they're all God's grace right. they're all God promising and He's promising things then but there's all, all those promises are also looking forward to the coming of Jesus uh, everybody by and large agrees with that yes right yes but what does that have to do with a family then? Are you asking me? Well, yeah. Well, husband and what wife. What are your thoughts about that? Well, husband and wife, when they're married, they make a covenant right. to one another. And it is a covenant that um, that is representative of mm. Christ's covenant with his people. Yeah. Um, but it's also a covenant that that Christ joins. Yeah. So 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 what we see then in the covenants is the benefits that come to the people under that covenant. Sure. So one of the phrases that I often use is that we are public people. Mm-hmm. We're, talk, we're talking about this at dinner tonight, that uh, when our children are in the library or when they're on the sports field or when they're at church, they're not just individuals. Mm-hmm. They're representing our family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So the thing I always tell people is, when I was growing up or as a teenager, when I would go out with my friends, the last thing my dad would always say to me before I walked out of the house was, mm-hmm. don't embarrass your mama. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what my dad was getting at, is that I represented the triplets in public. And so whatever I did came back on my family. Mm-hmm. It said something about who we were, right? Yes. And so 
everything that we do, we do publicly as a representative. Yeah. Um, But even at a higher level, and this is what we mean when we talk about our federal heads, uh, I, as the husband and father, have a specific role as a public person. I specifically accept responsibility for you and for our children Mm -hmm. as the head of our family, as the leader of our family. I bear the responsibility. So if you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing or not doing what you should be doing, at the end of the day, you have to answer for your sin, but so do I. And you I have, have, to, answer, you have to answer for mine. I have to answer for your sin right. and my sin for not leading you better. Right. Yes. At the end of the day, if you do something sinful, I don't have to answer for that yeah. before God. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that's to be the case because of Adam and Christ. Right. That Adam stands as our natural head, our natural federal head. He is over the human race. Mm-hmm. We are all born into Adam. He is our father in that sense. And so we inherit his sinful nature. We inherit everything that, that, that muddied the water in the garden has been handed down to us. But when we repent of our sins and put our faith in Christ, he becomes our new head. This is why Romans 5, uh, 1 Corinthians... Uh, talks about Christ being the second Adam. Mm-hmm. Christ is our new federal head. He is the new leader of his people. He, we are a new race in Christ. Uh, you know in Galatians where it says, there is neither male nor female, neither Jew or Greek, Scythian or barbarian, right? What is that talking about? It doesn't mean that all of those things have been broken down. It means that in Christ, we are made a new people. And we bring all of those things, male and female, Jew and Gentile. We bring those things to the table with us, but those things no longer are the final identifier of us. Mm-hmm. Christ is the final identifier of us. Yeah. We are new creations. That's why we believe in a new birth, a second birth. This is why also we would not apply the covenant sign of baptism until people have entered into that new birth. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. So that's... Uh, that's where we're at as far as how we are public people, how, how Christ uh, is our new head. So all that makes sense? Yeah. So what does that got to do with the covenant family then? Mm-hmm. This is what you were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Is that we now, when you and I covenanted with one another and covenanted with God, right? Right. So what does Jesus say in Matthew 10? Uh, what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. Mm-hmm. That that our covenant marriage, and, and I would go so far to say even um, non-Christian heterosexual marriages, mm-hmm. okay, God is doing something in them, mm-hmm. whether they realize it or not. Even if they hate God and they're atheists that hate God, God is still doing something in their marriage. Like a measure of common they, grace they can't extended. Even, they can't get away from him. Sure. They're covenanting and God is joining them together. Yeah. Um, and so what we then have is a family that's built around a covenant between a husband and a wife mm-hmm. um, that's based upon, in a Christian marriage, which we would call a covenant family, based upon our covenant with Christ. Mm-hmm. So you have two covenant communities, really. Mm-hmm. You have the local church and your family. We were talking about this recently. Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember exactly what we, why we were talking about that? I don't remember. Um, why well, had just, we were talking about the ways in which we actively covenant now. Mm-hmm. And so we, God has covenanted with us through Christ. And, but we covenant 
in church membership with those that we worship with regularly. And then we covenant with one another. And so we were just talking about the ways that we actually covenant. And so when we realize that and we realize what that's a picture of and what that points to and what's actually happening there in those two covenants, local church and Mm. and marriage, I think that it elevates what those two spheres are. Yeah. It elevates the importance of them. It elevates like the significance of them, the responsibility mm-hmm. in them. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I would say this way. One of the biggest pitfalls and sins of modern Christian families is that they take the cov- they take their household too lightly. Yeah. They don't see themselves as public people, if I could put it that way. They, they see themselves, and I think I said this, you, maybe you said this, somewhere, we posted this somewhere, <laughs> that, that this is why, for many of us, right, that we can write off crazy Uncle Johnny because... Oh, yeah. B- because we see ourselves primarily as individuals, and if Uncle Johnny goes crazy, then we'll just disown him. Well, I think we but see But there's this, no warrant for that in Scripture. But I think that we see this with, with, parent, with parenting as well, or even in marriages, that even with Christians that when our children do something that's just a little too much, we're like, well, that's on him. Right. And I think that that's a wrong perspective. So you were talking about this, you and I were talking about this earlier by the fire that, um, that when we were first married in the church we were in, Mm -hmm. um, we were maybe, and I don't think it necessarily was the church as much as it was like the ethos of the young, restless, reformed oh, yeah, uh, yeah. movement—that um, if Christ is not, if if you don't see your life as completely being devoted to Christ, and Christ is your identity, anything else that you identify with is an idol. Yeah. And and so there was that whole big movement, right? We, we were like, very into things. like we were very into like reading um, Tim Keller and Jonathan Edwards, and so we were very into like assessing idolatry. Yeah, we were um, all about, we were idol police all yeah. the time. And so it's like, you're like, well, And I don't think it was the church. I my think husband it was, and I went on a date. You have an idol of your husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, or that like, if anything in your life has a significant amount of value, it must be an idol. And that's not true. That's not true. No. <laughs> and, and I think that that's a problem, right? Because, because what we misunderstand is that when Christ saves us, he then puts us in certain positions... Wherein our identities are based on that, right? That like, yes, our identity is in Christ, but it's Christ who's made me a husband. Right. It's Christ who has made me a father. Mm-hmm. This is his world. This is his kingdom that he is building. And Christ has made me a pastor. And so it's not wrong for me to find value or purpose in those things. Mm-hmm. What becomes a problem is when those things become ultimate mm-hmm. and, and those things become final for me mm-hmm. right and so but it's actually incredibly sinful to not value the things that god has okay. the places that god has put you and to not take them seriously and to and not to take treasure responsibility them. for them yeah they're like there's a treasure and a responsibility in being a mother that if i didn't treasure it and take up that responsibility it would be great sin to god because he has placed me where he has placed me yeah I think that's exactly right. And so, so this is, we're basically beating around the bush of what do we mean by covenant family. Right. So, so 
Well, let me give it a good definition. Okay. A, a covenant family is a family wherein those in authority, okay, so so parents, ideally a mother and a father, um, but I don't. I think that a family that has a single parent, a mm-hmm. single mom or a single dad, or grandparents, grandparents, or uh, only one spouse is a believer. Okay, mm-hmm. so let me let me say it that way. Those families can still be covenant families, though they certainly have their work cut out for them. We mm-hmm. don't want to minimize the hardship that people in those situations face. Mm-hmm. In fact, as a church, we want to love them, help them, serve them, equip them, uh, disciple them, encourage them, see them flourish right. as well. But ideally, a covenant family is a family wherein the husband and the wife have a come into the new covenant of Jesus Christ, the fulfillment of the covenant of grace, and inside of the covenant of, of Christ, they have covenanted with one another to be a godly home, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're a Christian and your spouse is a Christian, this is your reality, whether you have realized it or not. Sure. You have a covenant family. The question is not, do you have a covenant family? The question is, how are you cultivating that covenant family? Are you living in light of that? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the pushback we're going to get uh, from our Pado baptist friends. They're going to say, Adam and Megan, if you say that you have a covenant family, why are you not applying the covenant sign of baptism to your infants no matter what? Mm-hmm. Wherein I would say two things. Number one is the covenant is established not by the receivers of the promises, but by the authorities which must be obeyed. Does that make sense? Yes. So, so, so the covenant is a, it is a covenant family not because our children, but because of us as parents. Mm-hmm. They receive the benefits mm-hmm. of being in the covenant family. There is a certain blessing of being in a Christian household, mm-hmm. whether they are Christians or not, mm-hmm. whether our children realize it or not. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. The second thing I would add is the sign of baptism is a sign of the new covenant to be applied at a, the new birth by not the parents, but by the church. Mm-hmm. The reason we don't baptize our children is because they have not professed faith in Christ and, two, because you and I are not the church. Mm-hmm. That's not our job. Right. The covenant sign of baptism has not been given to the family. No, it's been given the binding and the loosing of the church. Exactly. I think that's pretty Loctite art. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I could read those Presbyterians all day long. They're not going to convince me to change my mind. It's pretty logical. <laughs> all right. So, so, so when we talk about a covenant family, we're talking about a family wherein the people in authority, the mother and father, are living in such a way that they are the head, particularly the father is the head of the family, and and the blessings and benefits of being in that family trickle down to the children. Mm -hmm. And they are wrapped up into this covenant of commitment and love and nurture that we see laid out throughout the New Testament, specifically Ephesians 5 and 6. Uh, All of those things are built into this. And so what should be the mission then of the covenant family? And you were asking me about this this afternoon when I was trying to leave the office and you were text harassing me yeah. about what, what did you ask me again about 
What is covenant faithfulness? Is that how you asked? Well, it? no, I was just, I was just trying to make sure that I was understood. So I think that we can, at least for me, and so maybe this is just me, but when you, it's easy to kind of get lost in the terms. And yeah. so when, yeah. like, it, it just is like, it just sounds like these big, scary words, but really what you just mean is that like God has applied the covenant of grace to those he has saved and he calls them to covenant faithfulness. Mm-hmm. Right. And then we as a married couple who have covenanted together are just call So likewise, we are calling ourselves and our children to covenant faithfulness. And so what does that mean? We're calling our children to obedience, to adhere to the word of God. Mm-hmm. Like it's the standard in our household must be the word of God. Yep. And so you say the word covenant and I think you're, it could be like, well, what do you mean? Like you mean that they're automatically saved and like, no, we don't believe that. We believe that that as the head, the, the over, you're the head of this household, and both of us are the the heads of this household. That we are calling our children to and raising them within these boundaries that are reflective of God's word. Mm-hmm. And so, in doing that, we pray and we trust and we hope that the Lord will produce some fruit in them. And we pray that he will save them. Um, And I mean, it's just what you always say that like, (laughs) it's we're laying as much kindling as possible around the fire and we're praying for the spirit to ignite. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think that calling our children to these standards will automatically save them. But I think that it is right as Christian parents who want to be obedient to the word of God yeah. to call their children to follow him. Yeah. And so this gets at the question, which we'll probably take this up in a later episode, probably down the road, like season two is what is, what is the role of the law in the family? Sure. Um, the Bible talks about the law having multiple purposes. Calvin, John Calvin talks about the three uses of the law. Um, the, you know, and, and Paul tells us that the law is particularly is the law is a tutor uh, that, that, that teaches us, um, and it teaches us a number of things, but primarily it teaches us that our God is holy, that, that we are sinful, and, and it points ahead that there was only one who could fulfill the law perfectly, and that being Christ. Um, and, and so in some ways, in calling our children to obedience to a law, uh, hopefully it's a biblical law within our homes, right? We don't want to call our children to, to obedience to unbiblical things, um, it's, it's, it's in, in one sense, it's helping tutor our children into a right direction. Mm-hmm. But in another sense, it's, it's helping them to see their inability to faithfulness apart from a work of the Spirit in their heart. And so it drives them not to be perfectionists, but it, it ought to drive them to calling on Christ. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Kind of hitting a, a number of things here. But that's kind of the, the covenant family idealized, right? So, mm-hmm. so we want to lay the groundwork there. And that's kind of what we've talked about the majority of the time here. Is this is the idea of a covenant family. Uh, the rest of this season, uh, what we'd like to do is just begin to flesh that out. And we'll start with thinking about the vision uh, for a family. We'll start there. And then, then from there, we'll go... by to thinking about uh, what, is a, what is a covenant husband? What is a covenant wife? 
Uh, we'll talk about the... So most of the season, I, I want to just talk about marriage, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and obviously kids' stuff will come up. And then uh, just as we do the, the second little podcast, Family Room Frenzy, which will be on the Patreon, that'll be where we kind of talk about practical things. We'll talk about kids' stuff. Uh, we'll talk about, yeah, kind of on-the-ground stuff. Um, so that's the, the covenant family idealized. Let's, let's just kind of spend the last few minutes then talking about the covenant family realized. Like, how do we actually move from an idea, we should have a covenant family, to now we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, well, let me ask you this way. When your mindset about this began to change and to switch, mm-hmm. how did it affect how you actually viewed our marriage or our children? Like what? What changed? Maybe in your mind, but also in your your uh, practice. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that as it, I don't actually know when it began to change, but I yeah. do know that I think differently now than I used to think. Yeah. Um, I think that when I think that I began to view my family as part of me, and so not just people who were doing stuff. <laughs> But specifically with our children, that they are they are extensions of me in ways. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying that it's not entirely wrong for moms whose kids are out of control to be somewhat uh, I won't say embarrassed, no, but I'll, not, right, I would yeah. say uh, to take notice and to feel some pressure. Yeah, I absolutely think that you should. I think that you because so this is another thing just going back um when I was a young Christian and um a young mom and I guess I misunderstood that every single time that I felt that feeling I was what feeling? I felt the feeling of um a measure of embarrassment. Now certainly you can take that too far and you can just become so overwhelmed and drabby about your kid's sin. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Don't do that. My like, kid screamed in the church service, we have to leave. Yeah, we have to leave. No. Or like you you go, you mull over I've it for days that. and days and days. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that that is wrong. I don't think that we should approach um, our children's sin like that because we know the one who has conquered it and put it to death. And so yeah. we should be have a measure of lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. I think that when my children are acting a fool somewhere that there is a right amount of, um, there's a right amount of embarrassment. I can't think of a better word. <laughs> there's a right I, well, I would say pressure. Sure. I would say, I would say there's a right uh, amount of pressure that a mother of, should of feel. burden. Yeah. That because they're yours. Right. And so this, this goes, this I think can correlate to husband and wives as well. But if there are th- ways that my children are just totally, if they're sinning overtly in some way, it is not just that they are sinning. Usually I'm able to trace that back in some way, in shape or form, to something that I have done. So if my children are really unkind or short with one another, usually I can trace that back to a way, me being short or snippy with them. Mm. Or um, me not dealing well with them being that way to yeah. begin with, not dealing yeah. with a, a small offense to begin with, not, you know, just letting it go. Yeah. And so when I begin to think about my family, the people in my family as people that I'm called to steward and to love and to help, 
it actually just makes the whole thing a bit easier. Because when you when you view your children as these as these separate entities, like just far off and like there's no nothing you can do because that's really overwhelming. But when you Because re- you have the responsibility, but you feel like you have no control. Yeah. And in okay. control in a right way, not control in a wrong way. But when you realize that like God has given you authority over these children, they are yours. He has given you his word and he has laid out clearly what you and he has given you the spirit to walk in. Like there's a measure of like just like peace that can come. Yeah. Like I can take a minute right now and I can just kind of talk to this kid because this kid is mine. This yeah. kid is my responsibility. I know this person. Yeah. I know this person's heart. And you can, by the power of the Spirit, push aside whatever frustration or anger you have for or the situation. Or whoever's like trying to give you lip about your kids being out of control. You can yeah. push them aside. You can too. just be like, I got this. Thank you. Like, they're mine. They're, they're mine. <laughs> they're mine. I, I'm, I'm well aware. What you just saw is just a snippet. <laughs> but it's, it, it takes a measure of pressure off to like just come alongside of your children and to come alongside of your husband and like this is just what the lord has called me to um and they're mine yeah i think i've really aimed to cultivate that in the life of our family uh and this is just a practical very practical kind of language thing like how do i talk yeah yeah. i put this in that post yeah okay yeah that like well I, i think just even since we moved uh I don't know how many months ago that was, like six months ago. It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, Twilight Zone. Uh, Since we've moved uh, and now have more space and and more room for our kids to just kind of be kids and to run around and have a good time, uh, that's created more opportunities for conflict, uh, for uh, fighting, for sinning against each other. Mischievous behavior. And so one of the things I've just begun to say is, um, instead of saying, hey, stop stop calling your brother names, you know, like yeah. some old grumpy dad on the front porch, right? I instead been able to say, hey, we're, we are, the triplets, we are not going to talk to one another that way. What that also does, though, is that that heightens my... <laughs> My responsibility. That makes me toe the line. Yeah. If I'm going to tell my sons that they're not going to call each other names uh, angrily, not like to rib each other, that's fine. But but if they're going to be unkind to each other, I can't do that to them. Or I can't do that to our dog, right? So, right. so there's a sense in which um, there's this ownership that I've tried to help cultivate in, in our family. Mm-hmm. Or... I mean, for years now, the the motto of our family has been triplets aren't triplets quitters. Triplets aren't quitters. We talked about it today. Yeah. Because there's a temptation to quit, but when you know you're on a team, when you know that you're part of this team, and this team ain't, ain't going to give up on you, and we're not going to let you give up on life, there's some amount of, of spurring on that takes place, right? Yeah. Now, there's a book, there's a children's book, back when we first started having kids, we got called... Uh, the home is a church, or the home a little church, or something yeah. like that. I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think that there's you could. I think <laughs> yes. what we're talking about is better because the home is not the church. The church is the church, and the home is the home, and they're two different spheres. And those things are kind of getting a little muddied. <laughs> yeah, 
let's not. Yeah, we. And you don't have your church at home unless you try to have your church at home. But that's a whole different podcast that's for a whole different else. conversation. <laughs> uh, but the home should reflect the 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 bonds that we see brought to us by God. Mm-hmm. That in the Trinity we see a perfect relationship that is vibrant and overflowing with glory and with joy and with beauty. And it comes, and we learn about it primarily from the Father and the Son. Right? That it's not God the wife and God the husband. It's God the Father and God the Son. Yeah. And that God would choose to save us and make us, the Bible says, children of the living God. That that's primarily how God speaks to his redeemed people. And I've tried to make this clear preaching through John. is It's wrong for, for us to put bumper stickers or say, well, we're all just children of God. No, we're not. Mm-hmm. If you're outside of Christ and the covenant of grace, you are a child of wrath, the yeah. Bible says. Uh, this is why Jesus calls the Pharisees doing the works of their father, the devil, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like outside of Christ, we are orphans. We are bastard children who do not have God as our father. But when we come through Christ, the son, we are adopted into the family of God. And so our homes ought to reflect that, how we talk to each other and how we encourage each other, how we assume responsibility for each other. Um, So I I know I kind of drawn on there a little bit about that, but thinking about practical ways that we can do that. Um, Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add to that? Well, what would you say to a family who is listening to this and they're like, where on earth do I start? Like, you listen what... to the next episode because that is exactly <laughs> no. okay. what we're going to talk about. But also. <laughs> but that, that, that's what I, I'm serious. What I wanted to do, what, well, yeah, this is what we were talking about earlier. What we want to do in this episode is just lay the rails down. Next episode. So you can see if you want to keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> the next episode jam. and the rest of the season, we're going to build the locomotive to put on the rails. We want to lay the rails down of what a covenant family is. Uh, where do we start? We must start with the idea of of having having the right kind of idea and concept of what a family is sure. and what we want. Right. That's where you have to start. So next episode, we'll talk about building a family vision. Well, and you have to start, I think, too, just understanding biblically, like, what your roles are in your house. Yeah. Like, what a husband is, yeah. what a wife is, what yeah. children are. Yeah. And so, please listen, because we will talk about that. But also, you can read your Bible, yeah. and you can pray. And if there are areas in your life where you think that there is sin or error, like, repent. Mm-hmm. Husbands and wives can talk to each other. Yeah. Um, if husbands haven't been leading, like repent and yeah. and lead. I, I, I know I said this uh, in the sermon I preached on the men of God when we were going through Proverbs. Is some it's not wrong for a wife to set her husband down and look him in the eye and say, "I need you to be my man. I need you to get up on your horse and start riding. Like I need you to go. Like yeah. I need that. I." And, and I think one of the things that builds respect... And then let him go. And then let him go. Because what builds respect in a marriage, particularly a, a wife respecting her husband, 
is seeing her husband take charge. Now, not take charge in a sinful way, not take charge in a violent way. He shouldn't be walking around like Hulk Hogan around his home, ripping his shirt open and showing off his pecs to everybody to try to intimidate them. That's not what we're talking about, right? Right. We don't, you know. I, I guess. <laughs> I, uh, what? I'm much more of a I'm macho sure. man, Randy Savage. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Snap it to a slim jam. Uh, no, but 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 like if she needs a, you to pick a, the restaurant, <laughs> pick pick the, the stinking restaurant, and always go with Italian because because your wife is just she just is she so just overwhelmed. Wants the pasta. <laughs> she just wants you to pick the pasta, and she's she just afraid wants to the say parmesan. it. <laughs> like just pick it, babe. Give me the parmesan. Uh, so yeah, so so that's what I'm most excited about, though ahead is is us thinking about the ways that this works itself out and the way it works itself out in our family um i look forward to to tell, talking about the biggest fight we ever had uh oh which one uh, right <laughs> i look forward to us talking about uh whether or not we're going to keep having kids and what decisions we're going to make we're regarding that okay. i'm looking forward to us talking about planting gardens and and doing laundry doing laundry and Field dressing deer, and this is we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. Uh, I will say this though before we go, because I think it's a quite a good place to wrap it up. Uh, if you want more, uh, the Patreon account. I know we keep pushing it because that's where it's gonna be at. We're gonna be posting practical helps. We're gonna be posting PDFs to help. We're gonna be posting uh, questions for you to think through. We're gonna be posting. You're gonna be posting recipes uh, mm-hmm. or cleaning helps. All kinds of. Uh, home cultivating stuff, talking about crafts you're doing with our kids or things that we're building around the home. Uh, Books we're reading in school that would be really great to read as a family. On Instagram the next week, we're going to be uh, posting some book giveaways uh, for those who share the podcast or who sign up for the Patreon. So we got a lot of stuff. Uh, And and that's really what we want to do is we want to flood people with practical things to help them. So, So all of that's coming. If you want to Get more into that. Look for the Patreon link. It's going to be in the show notes. It's on our social media accounts. Uh, go there. Check it out. There's some uh, free preview things you can look at uh, to give you a better idea of what it's all about. Uh, the other podcast is going to be on there. The little you know, five to ten minute thing we'll do where we'll talk about practical things or we'll talk with our kids about things. Uh, that's going to be on there. If you want to do a phone call, if you're local, want to get dinner with us, that, that option's on there. There's going to be stuff we're going to be giving away, mugs, t-shirts, uh, mouse pads. No, nobody gives those away anymore. <laughs> uh, all kinds of stuff like that. So all of that's there. So go check it out. Uh, we hope this first episode has been great. It's been a great uh, thing to wet your whistle and, and get you excited about what we're going to be doing for the beauty and for the glory of our homes uh, and ultimately for the glory of God. Mm. Any closing thoughts, my love? No. Okay. That's good. Until next time. 